0: Alright, good morning, testing one, two, three. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Tom. How are you?
0: Good, how are you?
1: Very well, thank you. How have you been? I've been well. I've been doing a lot of soul searching lately, so it's been a nice journey in the last couple of months.
0: Soul searching is that it's heavy. It's like do you go like through periods where you're not really concerned and then all of a sudden you go through a period where you just like want to look into your soul and figure out what's going on?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's almost as if you're concerned about it but it's in the back of your mind, and then at some point you have to address it.
0: So real quick, you are? Shay Sade. Hi, (laughs) Shay. And what do you do?
1: Uh, I am a hairstylist.
0: My favorite. Actually, um, yeah, people like you and your mom are the people that kind of inspired me to become a hairdresser because it looked like such a great life.
1: It is a great life. There is zero negative things I can say about it, things to complain about, but what a wonderful career. You make people feel beautiful. You're saving lives in different ways. There's a lot of therapy involved. You're connected with people and you make them feel good and send them out looking good in the world. And, um, they get the confidence to be all of those things.
0: Yeah. And to me, that is success. I I agree. It's weird. And you can tell me what you think, you know, as a, as we're, you know, we're born and we grow up and, in my life, it was always... I can always remember as a kid, like, I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, or you need to go... What do
1: you think that was? Wow. That, <laughs> what is that? I'll peek out. The is door. that
0: the trash truck? I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Was, anyway, that was heavy. Um, But, you know, we grew up and, and, you know, my mom used to always say, oh, you need to make mucho bucks. You know, it was always about making a lot of money. And so I used to say that, oh, that must be what success is, you know, to have a house, to have a, you know starts off with a car and then a house and, you know, making a lot of money. And I learned early that that wasn't going to be my path. You know, I may make money somehow, but it isn't going to be because I went to Harvard. You know, I just wasn't cut out for it. So, but then, you know, I get into this business and I've learned that, you know, it's about happiness, you know, peace, serenity. I mean, there's always some stress that comes with any job, but, you know, I had a job that I didn't like. I, I had a career. I was in the golf course business, and I just dreaded Mondays. It was like you know, I live for Fridays. I dreaded Mondays all weekend. Mondays would come, and uh, and I was doing the same old thing. And then when I finally got into this business, that all went away. I started, you know, I had to redefine for myself at least what success was.
1: I could, I could articulate some of the same things that you said because the journey was the same for me. Um, you know. 17-year-old self was going to write magazines and do all these really big things, and I had to make money and get the house and the car, just like you were saying. But even in our career, it took me years. When I first started, I thought, or I was taught, um, you have to work, 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 and work real hard to Did obtain. you get
0: that from uh, your father?
1: I think I got it from a mentor in, in the career, in the industry. I got it from a mentor who had started his career and lived a very fast-paced life. and uh, it was almost like sweatshop. like you, do, you start out at 8 a.m and you don't end until you know 10: 30, and um, that's how you made the money. And then I learned later in my career that it's quite the opposite. You can gracefully have an income, and the success is just to be happy and not always having to be. Uh, Almost on stage, you know, that you could actually just enjoy what you were doing and in the moment and not be work anymore
0: Well, and even like when we first met because I'll give a little history. You were at a salon called Bad Hair Day. Correct. And I went Was going to hair school and I asked A mutual friend of ours the owner of of that salon Drexel who's a great guy I asked him if I could be um, an assistant. So I he hired me to shampoo and one of the first things that I started to gather from just hanging out with you, the group, was that, yeah, these people work a lot. I mean, like from mor- like sunup to sundown and make a ton of money. So when I first started, I was like, well, that's what I'm going to have to do. I mean, working till eight or nine should be no problem. But then as, as the years have gone on, and, and part of that was, for me at least, was like, you know, if I don't say yes... They're going to go somewhere else absolutely and that's you know that's if I was to pick out a couple of little things that I don't like about this business that is one of them I don't like how and this just happened with me in the last couple of years you build these long relationships with people and you you feel like you're you're friends and then all of a sudden they can't get an appointment or something you know whatever for whatever reason and things change I get that they just disappear Yeah. They don't say goodbye.
1: There's like a weird betrayal about it almost because the loyalty is there. One of the other things, too, is um, your loyalty to them. I Owning a shop, I always feel like I have to be there. I always feel like I have to answer their message or their text or always be there for them immediately Right. as opposed to all of a sudden, then, you know, like if you had to reschedule or something in life came up or um, the fact that you had to say no. Um, it, they don't understand that.
0: No, and... and the, they don't I, understand
1: the response to that.
0: And I had it, and it's this has happened a couple times to me, and I'm looking at it a little differently now, but I had a lady call me the other day, and she was asking prices, and if I did this, and if I did that, and I was like, yeah. Um, and I said, do, do you live here? I mean, are you currently seeing a, a, a hairdresser? And she goes, yeah, but she can't get me in. And I thought, well, it bothered me, because I was like, you know, I don't you know, we do, what we, we do what we have to do. I mean, if someone, you, sure, you know, if you it's get it's a new client like a and they need their hair done, you you do it. But I was like, I, f- I felt like saying, why well, don't you just, you know, check back in or maybe give the person another chance to see if they can fit you in before you just dump everything.
1: I think it's just a personality type. I mean, and it's part of our world.
0: It is a personality type. And there is that personality that is like, I need what I want right. when I want it. And, and, and then if that's okay
1: for them too. You know, I feel like that, fair enough. If that's, you know, if they have that, perspective or just need to take care of themselves they have that
0: um that drive that, that drive to <laughs> do so and there's I something to be ad-
1: right there's something to be admired about that I guess so you know, I, I ended up take care of yourself
0: I ended up telling the lady I said look come by next week if you want and we'll look at your hair and we'll chat um maybe she'll get something figured out by by next week but you know yeah. I do it is it is interesting and but that you know
1: do you find that then and now people um that the most demanding, do you tend to cater toward them? Because I learned very on not to. You give the energy to the people that are good to you, yeah, and not the t- the time and the effort to them, and not to the the then and now and demanding, you know, personality types.
0: And and I think you've always done a great job at that. You are you, you know, people that you your clients love you because you're you, not your you know, um, fake Shay or you know I'll be whoever chameleon Shay. It's your Shay. And this is, and, and and I'm the same way. And you know me, I'm, I'm just a, a heterosexual guy. <laughs> Not that that matters, but I had a client once tell me Do you have did, to
1: remind yourself of that all the time because no. you're a hairstylist, a male hairstylist.
0: No, but this lady <laughs> says, I remember the first time you foiled my bangs and you weaved them and put that foil under there and folded over and pat pat pat. At that comb, and she said, "I know this guy isn't gay." <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, but I'm just you know I'm I'm one job away from being a mechanic. You know, I mean that yeah. I the reason hair has always been good for me is because I've always I'm that guy. You know, teach me how to wire a car stereo. I mean, I love figuring it out. And it was the same way with hair color. You know, it's here's the color. What color does what? Why would we use this color? I remember even being in hair school, and the lady's like, well, if you want to put if you want their hair ash, you use the ash. And I'm like, well, that's not really how that's that a, works. No, it doesn't No, work and way. even the teacher didn't even understand well, coloring.
1: those who can't teach, you know, so that's... What part in your career do you think you really got it?
0: Um, got all the chemistry and I You know what, it's funny. I, under, I started understanding color when I started working with Aveda. Oh. Because Aveda, you know, it gives you a base color, and then you add the tones that you want determining, or, you know, just after you've decided what the the client's hair is. So, you know, I always remember adding the blue. (laughs) It was always adding some blue.
1: I think we're always still adding some blue. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky, and I went to a very strong school. And my color uh, instructor, we learned on a European system, so it was a decimal system. And so they were very good. We learned the math before we learned how to actually uh, formulate for... Our end result And that was one of the best things that ever happened to me that launched me into my career, because now I went into Bad Hair day using a uh, American system before we ha- before it was an Aveda salon, and we used Matrix. Yeah And everybody got the color. we joke about it all the time. It was like 705 was everybody's base color, and then lightener highlights during, right. you know, this is early 2000s, so that was the trend, unless you wanted like Kelly Clark'son stripe chunks. Which, you know, you I think know. there's still
0: people that have that one standard color they do.
1: Yeah, so that was our go-to, and um,
0: pull pra- us a little bit closer, just, sure. so, just
1: so that there you go, good. So practicing is that better? Yeah, uh, practicing in the, you know, in the early stages where you're building your clientele and you're getting new people and odds and ends and making sure, you know, second guessing yourself and not knowing if you're doing the right thing or checking in with another hairstylist and stuff. I knew more. That they did because I knew the decimal system right. than just grabbing that seven oh five, right? And that um, really gave me a lot of confidence. But you know, it's hair.
0: <laughs> it is hair, and it's funny because I remember when I started working at that salon. Because I, you know, one one of the cool things that, that um, I always say in, about Drexel was that Drexel was like, and I say this to anybody that wants to get in the hair business. If anybody offers you opportunity to come in on a Sunday or on a a day off and just watch somebody do hair take it I mean that's what Drexel let me do he said you know if you want to do people's hair on Sunday charge for the tube of color and do whatever you want and talk to the people that are working because back you know this one I think he still has people work on Sunday but um, and that's what I did and I used to bring in people and do their hair I mean it was my mother-in-law at the time and um, I, inf- I remember cutting Matt's hair. Yeah. yeah. I remember cutting Matt's hair. He looked like Elvis. I was like, Oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but, um, you know, it just, because honestly, just touching somebody is weird. Right. I mean, I remember the first time I actually touched somebody and shampooed another person's hair. I was like,
1: well, you, and you steal that energy. You're giving energy and you're sealing that energy yeah. and taking it on as well. Yep. Um, that. that I do, I agree with you about Drexel taught me, uh, a lot about marketing, and that was one of the things about working on a Sunday mm-hmm. or always being there and always working, because he would go out on the boardwalk and just literally point at people and say, "You look like you need your hair done. Come in and give away services," right. which got people just in the door.
0: Well, now if you say, "Hey, why don't you?" You know, I'll have people that will come into the salon, and you know, they're looking. You know, to to, to work and the first thing, do you have walk-ins? It's like once again, I've got to find you business. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you give away haircuts? That's what I used to do. Drexel's like, you can give haircuts away all day. Those don't cost me anything.
1: Yeah, that Currently, costs you. Right. Currently, though, I am feeling the opposite with my business. When I get a walk-in and I have to turn them away because I don't have another stylist available, and I need that um, young early Tom to want to just take, you know, be around. Right. and just want to take anyone. And um, nobody wants to work anymore.
0: Nobody wants to work and nobody wants to give anything away. Right. And because it's, um, it's a self-centered world, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always been a self-centered world. I think there's world, a little
1: bit of a generation. You know, we always complain about the generation beneath us or the one above us either way. Um, but the entitlement is really, really strong. And even hiring assistants and youth I really find that they're just, they they think that they only, you know, they're asking what time they need to leave before they even got there.
0: And I get it. It's not, I mean, it's not yeah. fun. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, it can be, I wouldn't say a low point, but it's, you know, you got to have... They say you got to make hay when the sun shines or yeah. whatever the term is.
1: It's just nice to see the people with the drive, like when we first were getting started as hairstylists, just seeing that drive out there.
0: Well, and I was also, I think, um, I'm 50 now. so I was 37 and oh I had a baby on the way and I was shampooing people for $3.35 an hour. I mean, that is the bottom and it's <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I got to feed the baby and stuff. So, um, but, you know, if someone takes that opportunity and really jumps in it and suffers that first couple years, you know, you can build yourself quite a business.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's it too. You have to put in, it's almost like college. You put in your time and you pay, 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 but then all of a sudden you get the good career and you get the income and it, replenishes itself, you know, it makes it worth your time and your energy.
0: Well, and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned just in, in the time I've been doing this is that it does all work out. You know, people will call and say, you know, I need to get in. I had a lady just do that. And I said, I can't take you.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I'll tell you other places to go. But, you know, and I know for you and for me, I mean, I'm confident. I'm a, I'm a decent, great hairdresser, honestly. I mean, I'm consistently, I'm not going to come in and do a hundred, you know, fantasy colors in your hair, um, but I'll give you great color and a great haircut every six weeks. Right. And that's exactly. the kind of hairdresser and I And
1: quality product and stuff like that Yeah, and well. quality
0: product and a nice place to come. And, and an know, honesty. And honesty.
1: Yeah. One of the other things that you just mentioned, I love that we have that in our community where, you know, if we can't get them in, we know exactly where to send them. Absolutely. And two, you know, I, our hairstylist community is pretty strong in our area, and that's really cool because the amount of salons that we have, Surrounding us in such a small space, you know, to all kind of be linked together and know who to call. You know? Well,
0: and some of these bigger salons, one that I formerly worked at, you know, they're making these, they're signing these hairdressers to these no-compete clauses. Yeah. Which is,
1: I don't know. Offensive.
0: It's, a, it's, an, it's offensive, and I'm not sure that they th- I don't know if they're getting what they think they're getting out of that because what you're really doing is kind of putting someone in a prison and that embo- you don't see a lot of a people of happy bullying, in prison.
1: You know, like you can't have a, a life outside of my world is, right. it, is how it seems. I, I think it's very offensive, the no-compete clause, and I lost a job because of that. But it,
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, did, that you were at one of the salons I'm thinking about. I worked at a formal salon that I was thinking about, and these hairdressers, I mean... You know, and I, I mean, I I worked for Drexel, and then I went to Drexel's new salon, and I I grew a little more there, and then I went to another salon, and then I grew, and then I became the hairdresser that I was, because I was able to go through all those things. If I had, if Drexel had hired me and put me on a no-compete or something and kept me there, then you're just...
1: Yeah, imprisonment. Yeah, it's
0: imprisonment, and it's just not, you're not growing, you're miserable.
1: Where would you, exactly, where would you be today without the launching forward or the forward movement of change.
0: Yeah. Or, and, and fear.
1: And, you know, working so many years uh, with Drexel and at Bad Hair Day, I watched him as an employee. I was going through it, but I watched him go through it and trying to learn. And it's, it is absolutely a roller coaster of emotions because you want good, but then you end up being smothered and pushed down and can't propel you know you, you there's nowhere to go you're locked in you're locked in your room
0: well and if you spend your days if you i mean if you spend your whole day going jesus i wish i could get out of here and not jesus i really love being here yeah it doesn't it doesn't make for a great work yeah. environment
1: do you think that you are stronger as a stylist as a salon owner or did you would you go the opposite way and go back and work for somebody knowing what you know now after everything we've been through
0: i can't work for somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't I do, do what that. what I want. I do what I want. But, you know, I, I do what I want on the, uh, on the places where I've given myself time to do what I want. I mean, on Mondays, um, you know, I work and I don't work long, but I'm, I put the effort in. It's funny. Um, salon As a salon owner, it's funny. Uh, actually, a couple things. I've been a salon owner. Now I'm a salon owner, but I only do chair rental. And that's, I think, what you do, right? Okay. Or do you do both? Yeah.
1: Um, I've done both and I prefer chair rental but I'm willing to work with if somebody came into my life that I felt like was a good fit because personality types are very important in you know to keep the zen and the surrounding and the vibe that I want from the shop but um, I'd be willing to work if it was the right fit yeah but chair rental is my go it feels
0: like when people have to pay for their chair they have a little more in the game
1: well I think it's the better way to go as a hairstylist as yeah. well I mean you profit more Um, I think you profit more, especially if you're just renting. The
0: hairdresser. The hairdresser profits
1: more. Um, You get to be in control of what you believe in and do things the way that you would do them. And in a sense, you own your own little business within the business. Yeah,
0: if I could, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change what's going on with me now, but I mean, I always say if I could find a chair and pay what I charge for this place, or if I could work here and pay what I pay, I would do that.
1: I consider it as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it would benefit me.
1: Yeah, I would make more money if yeah I, more money <laughs> yeah, if I just rent it from. Somebody well, you're else.
0: the salon owner. You're a millionaire.
1: That's right. Of course. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm a millionaire because I own the everything, salon. Right.
1: Every Everything doesn't cost anything.
0: Right. It's all <laughs> tax write-offs.
1: And all of a sudden, the lights got turned off at the right time because they're on the timer that you bought from Lowe's, you right. know, in your spare time. Exactly. It, it just, they, you know, can't you write
0: that off? I go... Oh, gosh. that. Do you understand how that works? It's they not, do
1: not understand how that works. Not everything's a write-off.
0: Not everything's a write-off. And even just because you write it off doesn't mean you haven't had to pay for it. I mean, it's yeah. uh, It's not It's not as awesome. My kids That's say that. Can't movie. you write that off?
1: Yeah. Well, that I mean, you would... Um, buy a coffee, and you and I would be talking, and they would be like, that coffee bill is a (laughs) write-off. Right. Sure, sure.
0: I think one of the funner (laughs) things that this career has allowed me to do, though, is raise my, I have two boys and a girl, and especially Sam and David, they, you know, they've grown up in a hair salon. Yeah. And, you know, as little kids, I'm like, ask the people if they want some coffee. Ask them if they want some water. And they'd welcome, yeah, you know, as a little kid. But people, first of all, think that's really cute. Second of all, um, they're learning, you know, how to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and so.
1: Well, and about, a lot about customer service as well.
0: Right, exactly. And now David's even shampooing people. And, you know, he's like, first he doesn't want to touch them. But then now he's doing it. And now he's. I can hear him over there having, like, conversations with the people. And it's, like, very, it's, and, you know, I say, uh, look. You do whatever you want, but this is a pretty good job.
1: It's funny you mentioned earlier that you were 37 when you started doing hair. And now watching your children have growing pains and learning, you know, or seeing how hard your work is. Um, But my mother started at the age of 37 doing hair, but I was the one growing up in the salon.
0: You were already working though.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, I started working as an assistant, you know, with my mother and Drexel uh, back in the very first Bad Hair Day, or the second, technically, but the it was a little hut. The, f-
0: the first the, one was on the avenue.
1: The first one, actually, the first summer he opened, he borrowed, from what I remember, money from his father just for the season in Rehoboth and where Salt Air now resides, on Wilmington Avenue.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it was a fusion was there at, afterwards. Um, and when fusion would steam up from them cooking, you could still see the Bad Hair Day uh, logo that they had peeled off on the windows. On the windows. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but where I started um, as a child and growing up in it, where I was just playing at first, was the one where the Royal Farms is. There's now a beautiful business that just dresses Jeannie and George.
0: Yeah, to the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did they have this Dalmatian? Didn't they have Dalmatian spots on some of their windows?
1: It went from white floors. This even happened at the one on the lake as well and we'll have to remind Drexel to listen to this for the memories, but uh, we went from having wood and crazy art, very abstract, like bold colors, red, blue, yellow, black, uh, was the theme, to everything had to be all white. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) And upstairs was this hideous green carpet, and that's where the nail room was at the time, and um, I did a lot of playtime I was playing doing nails with a girlfriend that I was really close to and just watching the renovations and the change in the building and then moving to the lake you know this is all why we're doing hair and things are crazy and uh, moving to the lake it was a beautiful barn like atmosphere when we first started and somehow that turned all white yes and if if you recall white and black Um, and if you recall the same thing happened with the Lewis location yep um, he got back from Miami and everything all of a sudden was all white. <laughs> so
0: that's, that, I think that there's was something
1: to the purity of it.
0: That was why I didn't last at a bad hair day. I didn't, I'm not the guy that just dresses in all black and, and as, as nice as it is, I just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, it's just not me.
1: I did. We went through phases where we were allowed to wear whatever we wanted. And it was beautiful to see what people would come in on, but we were really dressed now owning my salon, I'm more casual than ever, but mm-hmm. uh, we were really dressed up. We looked yeah. all out. And then we went to wearing all black, and then I felt like it was easier because you didn't have to worry about what to wear because you just grabbed black one, black one, black. Um, but being told what to wear and then the stigma that came with dressing like you're going to a funeral all the time every day right? Um, has to do something to the psyche you know, looking at yourself.
0: I remember when, when Drexel would be like, you know, you got to wear all black. I'd be like, all right. So I'd wear a black shirt with like gray stripes. He's like, all black. (laughs) What is the (laughs) stripes? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, uh, then we, he allowed us to wear jeans and black shoes and then I'd wear jeans and the white shoes. He'd be like, those are white shoes. And then he calls me in the office. He goes, why don't you just go somewhere else? And we're I go, hairstylists. Uh, yeah, I, the
1: fashion is important.
0: I go, you can fire me if you want, but I'm not leaving. Yeah. And, uh, but I eventually left. And of course, Drexel and I, were still good friends. I, um, I have no, we've had dinner a couple of times. I mean, we, you know, it's a tough business. It's tough to be an owner, a friend, a boss, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, he got very, you know, very passive aggressive and I had to, he used to drive me crazy. He'd yeah. look at me, you wearing that today? He's like, oh, I was. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs>
1: he is very passive aggressive. I thought about it, but now I'm second guessing my choice. Maybe I made a bad choice. <laughs> who, are you, <laughs> who are you to tell me? So? But
0: I love Drexel. He's great. yes,
1: he is. And um, th- there's a lot to be said for.
0: I owe everything. His success. Yeah, yeah I owe everything and I have to Drexel, Really,
1: I have. Um, I have two people that I really owe my success to, and he is. One of them, that's the mentor that I was talking to you yeah. about when we first started ta- chatting about salons.
0: So, Before we threw him out there. Yeah. Threw, threw his, threw, name, threw out his out name out there. Yeah. Maybe we can get Drexel on the podcast. Be, <laughs> well, now that if, he, if, if, if he hears his name, he'll be on there. He'll <laughs> want to be on it. Um, so, what is, because uh, actually, I just, I mean, we can talk about hair all day, but I was wondering what else is going on. I know you, I always love because you're just doing stuff. I mean, you'll take, so you are the girl that will take off three months and go, To Australia or wherever, wherever you went. I just did
1: my last big journey, which was this summer. I took off 21 days. It was supposed to be 20, but I needed to extend one day uh, Mm -hmm. because I got lost in Yellowstone. I didn't, Mm. I didn't, um...
0: How was Yellowstone?
1: I didn't, it was, that whole trip is something that I wish everybody could do. It was, we drove from here in Lewis, Delaware, all the way across the country to Oregon, up the Pacific coast and back over coming in through the north and back down and hitting all the national parks and Yellowstone as one of the national parks. I just didn't have the perspective of how vast and how many millions of acres, which is uh, 22, just in case you were curious. 22 million. I became a junior ranger while I was out there. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I got my patch and all, but um, how much time you need to be there because we would drive in 45 minutes Uh, so there's four entrances and we would, you still have to drive, you know, an hour and a half just to get to one of the main sites. But meanwhile, you see beautiful land and mountain, um, a lot of respect for all the animals that were there. We were really lucky that we even got to see a black bear and baby cubs Mm. during that season. And that would be awesome. Then there's also traffic, which you don't expect because people stop to stare. Right and driving through, and I didn't like seeing, as much as I had respect for everybody else who was doing exactly what we were doing, all the pollu- pollution and stuff that went into it. So my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the trip, because everything was my favorite, but was a national park uh, where they have what's called to the top of the world is the name of the road, and bear Tooth is the mountain. Okay. And I've never seen such a change in weather, and to be able to look out, um, I was standing amongst flowers and rock in a field at the very tip of the top, looking out at three different weather systems, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden hail started to hit wow. us while we were in warm weather one minute, and hail was hitting. The dog didn't even understand what to do. He was confused, and I was so nervous because we were cliffside. Yeah. But then going back to, there was just one a father and son who take the trip every year take the drive and do the trip every year together that's what they do and then meeting somebody experiencing the same thing yeah was cool as well so you know it's like a tick for attack
0: well and plus we live in the flattest boring place in the world
1: i wouldn't say boring but flattest and windiest it's, i don't know why they call chicago windy cuz delaware has it
0: it's visually boring i don't yes. i don't mean that it's there's nothing to do but i mean visually boring um and, you know, I grew up in Albuquerque, and we just went back to Albuquerque, and, and, and it reminded me of growing up. But it's always, in places like that, it's like, oh, you're always going, I wonder what's going on over there. Yeah. Or I wonder what's going on down there. <laughs> you never, like, and, and uh, you know, in Albuquerque's that way. As you drive kind of through that area, w- you know, one side of you, you're looking at a mountain range, and then the other side of you, you're looking at volcanic, you know, plateaus.
1: Scenically, too, you just... Um... There's so much to explore where I do think and agree with you that in our area, you know, we know where the beach is Mm -hmm. and, um, depending on which one you go to, we're always so grateful. We know where the trails are and where the pine trees grow, but when you get to experience different landscapes, uh, with variety and there's always a new place to explore, I think that you get more out of your soul.
0: When you were, the whole time you were were out there, did you come across anybody that complained about?
1: You know, people can be miserable um, in so many ways, but I have to say there was more laughter and life and people talking to one another than there would have been if I say I encountered somebody here at the beach. I almost feel like we try to get away from one another.
0: Right. And there's kind of a
1: less the in, disconnection.
0: Well, and and you <clears throat> know it's not a negative thing, but we're going through so many changes here with the amount of people that are are moving here and the uh the 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 amount of work that's being done to try to get all these people that are moving here to be able to move around. Right. Infrastructure, streets, roads and stuff. It, there's always like it just is like um, people. People here are sometimes a lot of unhappy people around here.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I used to, I loved Lewis, and I loved growing up in Lewis, and I was a little Lewis street rat. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't much here. We were slower, lower Delaware as everybody referred to it, and um, I loved when the restaurants came in, and I liked the community kind of starting, but then once what they would say implants, which I was one as well, moving over, mm-hmm. um, started taking over our city law and getting involved. And then the development came in and those people started to come in and started to be demanding of what they wanted out of what was Perfect Town USA. Right. They wanted so much more out of it, just from where they used to live, they wanted it to be the same but forgot what they cherished about why they wanted to live here right. in the first place. And now, in 2019, I do think our area lost it.
0: I do too. And and
1: I, for the first time, being a Lewis advocate, want to move.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. I was like, I don't know if I could ever leave the beach permanently, because I do like having a place down here, but we live for the beach and then when the beach time comes when summer comes it's almost like it's like a, st- a snowstorms here all the time because you know I, you might get down to the to the beach but you might go to the store but then you're like you get home and you're like i'm not going back out in that traffic yeah because <laughs> you know, it's just it gets so crazy but the traffic ha- the traffic doesn't bother me as much anymore because i've had to kind of redefine my expectations of it i i tend to put a lot on it but when it doesn't take long or far to figure out this traffic isn't that bad.
1: Yeah, it's not something that affects me. And going to school in D.C., um, it's almost like they implanted in our brains to hate the traffic. Right. And it was not that. It wasn't that bad. You, you knew what you were up against. Right. Um, but it was a waste of your time. In some ways, however, I miss having a commute. Uh, I now only work and live four minutes apart. Right. And. I would then be able to make the telephone call or listen to the radio or listen to a book on audio, or which at the time was on CD or tape, right. depending on what year it was. And uh,
0: Way back when. Yeah, you know, way
1: back when. And you, the mental thinking time, the windshield time of just thinking and like, processing your day.
0: It's like meditating.
1: Yeah, there's something to it. And here I watch the traffic, but like we were talking about with work, I start the day before it. Begins, and I end the day after it's over.
0: Do you? Does your business struggle because of it? Because you're right in the, you're in a, I mean, you're in a weird, uh, odd spot.
1: I'm right where the traffic happens, so I do, I often joke that I should get on some type of social media and give the traffic report, you know, of what's going on, um, if it's moving or not moving. Um, I don't think so because people are local, Mm -hmm. and they found an alternative route of how to get to us through a light. Don't um, say it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) if it's a good if it's a good back road don't tell it
1: it's a good it's a good good way but there's also the u-turn that you have to make uh if you're coming from
0: dead man's u-turn Yep, that is ridiculous that u-turn
1: that i know and that was one of the when looking for a space i was like absolutely not i'm not making a u-turn every day of my life and it actually Like I said, I'm before and after everything happens. I did change my start time because of school traffic, which is something that affects me. Right. Trying to come out of Lewis uh, between Savannah Road drop-off and the high school, there's really no way to get out. And, um, you know, parents have to drop off their students. But the bus system coming out, and I watched the same thing happen at that Wawa light where everybody just gets stuck. Uh, trying to get out of school. School traffic is a major thing um, uh, during the off-season. Yeah. So it's constantly there.
0: Is there someone still living above you?
1: Yes. See, um, I
0: always thought, because I, I, I think I told I might have told you this, I actually looked at your space to put a salon there. My friend Dan had the the Sprint store. Okay. And Dan was going to, he was done. And yeah, he
1: left a very big mess, but.
0: Did he? <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, Dan. Didn't mean to <laughs> Dan, pull you Dan, it was there. a very
1: big mess. It took a lot to clean it up. Dan. Dan.
0: Um, he's pretty good, too. It surprises me. But I
1: did appreciate the office chairs.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's what we need here, new yeah, office had, chairs. Yeah. But I thought about it, and um, I was a little... I, I didn't like that U-turn. So, yeah, but it, was,
1: but it had everything I needed, the parking, the and you, sunshine. The, I loved the windows, and um, I really feel like we made such a beautiful space out of something that was... Uh, gray. You it know? wasn't
0: beautiful before. And I will say, uh, your salon is awesome. In fact, you came, <laughs> you came over, uh, you were here a couple of days ago, and you're like, can I look around? I was like, oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know my salon is not like yours. I mean, you have faux exposed brick like your wall. Uh, very cool. I know your dad
1: did a lot of that stuff. My and he's father very... uh, is such a blessing. And I mean, all I could do was close my eyes and say, dad, I want brick and I want it to look like this. And he made a, he made it happen and still does to date.
0: He does His, a good job.
1: Yeah. He really uh, get, has a lot of credit there. And between my mother and I and our creativeness and just, um, you know, being able to polish it the way I'm very proud of it. It's beautiful. It's, it's just beautiful. the way I see it in my head. And I like to rearrange or find something new and um, I think it's unique to our area, so
0: it's beautiful, and I love you Thank know you, you have candy in the bathroom, and I you yes, know it's UPS just the UPS
1: guy <laughs> Carrie who gives a lot of credit, a shout out um, loves the Werther's Originals and the lifesavers <laughs> in the
0: bathroom, and I was like, should I put candy on my bathroom? I'm like, hmm,
1: nah. One of our <laughs> coworkers, Lisa Brown, um, and I have a little candy cup. She because what happened was, are you we share the same UPS driver? He um, delivers to both of us, and occasionally would use the bathroom there, and then on the end of his route, uh, in his loop, so would use the bathroom at my place, depending on his schedule, and the very first time that he used the restroom there, Lisa said, don't we have the most beautiful bathroom in the world, and he said to her, actually, (laughs) the place across the street, um, not only has Werther's originals, but they have a, a much better looking bathroom, and so, so this uh, using was, her service, she told me that story. So this is Lisa Brown. Oh, yeah, I love Aesthetics Lisa. Center. Yeah, she's awesome. She
0: is. Um, she's great.
1: And Paige as well. So that um, that gave me a very big boost of confidence, or it's just you know nice to hear that somebody else is. No mention,
0: hair, <laughs> no mention of hair, no mention of skills in cutting or color, <laughs> just, but that bathroom's on point.
1: Exactly.
0: So, I agree. I ladies mean, are I, nice. I, um, I've, I always say, you want to have a hair salon, make sure you have a clean bathroom.
1: Well, let us, let us hope. Let
0: but, us I mean, that's not always, always the case. Kind of, yeah. It's not always the case, yeah. but, you know, you want to lose a client, a female client, have a dirty bathroom. One of so,
1: the um, things that I encountered this morning was I noted that the bathroom by no means was dirty, but for whatever reason had a shower in it, being a commercial business. I don't know what their the building's indication was of having a shower there. Um,
0: maybe it was an apartment.
1: The, maybe they intended for it to be an apartment at some point, but the business had all their storage behind the curtain in the bathroom. And for whatever reason, I just didn't like... The energy that came out of, you know, you do want to walk into a nice restroom. Yeah. And you wanna feel like it's clean. And as a female, you do wanna sit down on the toilet and not wonder if it's a public restroom or if it's a junk just right. thrown in there. You know, you're not in the utility room or the dispensary.
0: Kind of like the bathroom at Louis.
1: Yeah. You wanna powder your nose <laughs> and feel <laughs> feel good. <laughs> you don't want to see the plumbing uh, no. and <laughs> how
0: works. You don't want the sink to be from nineteen twenty. <laughs> <laughs> you have the two faucets. Ever, I, remember they had the two faucets and you had hot and wa- and, and yeah. on one side and cold on the other? You had to <laughs> right. throw the water together. There was an
1: apartment in New York that I had to stay at for a very early part of my career when I was going to school, and the YMCA sponsored it. And when you had to wash your face in the morning, you had to bring them together.
0: Right. You to <laughs> get a little hot, a little cold, and That's throw them cool. together.
1: But I will tell you, just doing my new... Back room. I've been redoing the back room and shelving and stuff, and I put in a new utility sink. And I wanted the old brass, vintage hot and cold. Mm-hmm. So I have it there. But that is also um, because my filtration system for my water can only go through cold water, and they uh, people would fill up hot water for the coffee and the tea with the hot water.
0: Oh, and it wasn't filtered. And
1: it was. It was no. It was burning the filtration. I had changed the filter all the time because it ruins the filter. So. I kind so of regulated that. Should, but I that's have,
0: just, should I have filtered water? Yes, you should have filtered
1: water. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> what are you feeding these now people? I, now I feel bad Your again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I figure if the, if the cold water goes through that hot coffee, it's sterilized.
1: Well, if it makes you feel any better, I just got yelled at and had a breakup because I was too controlling. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you're Who bro- right. What
0: happened? Um, oh, you've had really, a breakup? Uh,
1: yeah, no, nothing. We're not like a, a bad breakup. We just um, started to become more distant from one another. And so
0: this was a, 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 a relationship? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: It, was a, it was a very good relationship. It still is healthy in ways there's just space now. You know, learning to do your routine and stuff without one another.
0: Space always creates healthy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's why I told you I was doing some soul searching because I was really concerned that I was too controlling.
0: <laughs> well, that's funny because... Or uh, driven. I, 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 we were watching a show the other night, and this guy was very controlling. And then I started going... Am I controlling? Um, and I, you know what? It's weird. I'm a little controlling.
1: I, have, I don't think I'm as contr- controlling as I was being accused of by multiple people because that's not what, what I, w- I was intending. Um, I just think that they love differently or think differently or hear things differently that I was maybe articulating or projecting You know, I was just trying to get something done and Mm -hmm. I just wanted, or maybe, but really in my true honesty, I was just trying to understand what was going on, maybe with, um, just trying to understand. So maybe it just sounded like I was barking more than I was biting.
0: I tend to control by giving, you know.
1: Likewise. Uh, And
0: I, I, like Christine, you know, I'll... I'll say, let me make you. Let me make you. Let me make your lunch because you know you're not eating healthy. So let me make you a healthy lunch. And when and she'd be like, oh great, thank you. And then if she didn't want lunch or she didn't want me to buy make her lunch, I'd get upset. Like,
1: yeah. well, look at all
0: the lunches I've been making. For you. Yeah, I, so,
1: I, one hundred percent is relatable because that was one of the. I woke up every day. I made sure the coffee was there. Lunch to go breakfast was made, um, helping with his children, they had what they needed, everybody having what they needed, um, and sometimes you just kind of have to do that yourself, because they're not going to do it, just because it's not my way, doesn't mean it's not the only way, but it's the right way. <laughs> That's well, so
0: we control their eating. Right. We, it is a type of control. I
1: definitely... It's kind
0: control, I guess, or it's a, that it's kind of control where you go, but look at all that I did for you.
1: Right, or I was, show, I was trying to show you that I care. Right and um, you know you didn't. It, it wasn't that uh, he always ate the lunch, but um, I think he wasn't used to somebody doing so much, and then he had to withdraw to feel like he had some type of control in our relationship. So he had to be like, "I've got work to do," and I've and then so when his time wasn't spent with me quite as much anymore. It was this vicious cycle of, well, if you didn't come home, and he's like, well, I have to, you know, do this too. And, I, I, you know, I, not being able to give to him because he wasn't there right. make his lunch and stuff really created hurt.
0: Yeah. It's weird. It, I always picture control as like a fence around you. Like, you can't do this.
1: Yeah, I would never but do that to somebody. Of
0: but, course right. not. But then, but, and I actually, it's funny, I had to, I got taught... Uh, kind of strange i got taught about control from my ex-wife um diane who was like you know when we would share custody and when and when david would be with her i would try to call and i would it would i would look at it as i'm a loving dad and i just want him to know that i'm loving i love him even though i don't i'm not seeing him right now and um but me calling would affect their time together you know, and especially when he was little, you know, I'd call and, and you know, maybe he would get upset. And it would control. It was a type of control. I and I, I don't think I was doing it on mm-hmm. purpose. I'm not sure it was more about control or more yeah, about losing control. control. Yeah.
1: Do you recall the gentleman that I dated when I lived in the Keys uh, by the name of Marshall? Mm-hmm. And uh, I still am in very close contact with him constantly. But when I first came home from living in the Keys and he was still living in Florida... He wanted to call all the time, and it was too much, and it was all of my time, and it was constantly, and again, as much as we work and as many hours we work, unless you're a hairstylist, you don't understand that you just can't answer the phone when, you know, you're mm-hmm. doing something and you're multitasking, or you know how like the one friend pops by right when you had a spare second to yourself, and then you no longer have that one spare second that you didn't even know was going to exist. Right. That same frustration was coming up, and... um as extroverted as our career is, I'm very introverted, and I we talk all day. So I just didn't want to ha- I, you can't explain your day. You know, they'll be like, well, how was your day, and what was this? And you're like, I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. And so then the less I gave him, the more he called, and the more he called, and the more he called, he was taking up more of my time. And that then became control over, well, I have to answer because he's going to freak out.
0: Yeah, well, insecurity creeps in. right. And then there's all of a sudden, you know, somebody else. Right. And then that creates more distance.
1: And so you could easily label. It's funny how we can label what control is, really.
0: It's weird. I've been in both, both kinds of relationships. I've been in a relationship where I never talked to the person. So I guess it's been in the last really. You know, it's funny. I didn't even get a cell. I was just thinking about this. I didn't even get a cell phone until uh, I was in my 30s.
1: I held out on Facebook for as long as I could, and now I'm off of Facebook, so i kind of retreated. Um,
0: I feel like so many people are off Facebook, it's almost okay to be on Facebook again. There's
1: <laughs> <It's laughs> like, many people off Facebook. Yeah, because no one's like, on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, so I wouldn't know. Right, exactly. <laughs> i
0: post something on Facebook, and it gets, nobody looks at it.
1: Bringing up the keys again, living there, that's when I first ended up starting to be on Facebook. Uh, my younger brother and I. We're the only two, it was so popular. I never did MySpace. Um, the reason why I started it was because I was lacking communication. One of the best things about that area at the time, I don't feel like it's that way anymore, was it was remote. It was a small island, everybody knew everybody, and we all knew our place, mm-hmm. and you could just escape and get away. We would go out on the water. Or you would, you know, run by the bars and see people socializing and feel like you're a part of something. And you were social. You were just social no matter where you went because it was so small.
0: Right.
1: And then you added Facebook. And then you felt like you had to prove something, that you were a part of something. Hold you know, that thought. You I'm going to pause it two seconds. Sure. I just
0: want to. Um,
1: All right. So I'm laughing about the reel of the don't touch me. And yeah. it came up as a meme and a, then a YouTube song that my friend Kevin introduced me to. And we had to laugh because obviously I'm not the only one in the world who feels that way, but... A what, lot of, not to be touched? Yeah, just, don't, just don't touch me.
0: Don't touch me.
1: It um, started mostly when my best friend Melissa, who's recently married.
0: I know, that you told me that's so cool.
1: Yeah, and my...
0: To a good guy. Yes. I mean, I have met him. He seemed like a super nice guy, yeah, so that's I'm awesome. I'm very, very
1: excited for them. And my mother started to go through this phase while we were all working together where they would hit me on my arm when they wanted to say, Hey, wanted to tell me something. And they would hit me in the same spot to a point where I was bruised and it was sore and it, it was still happening. And then, um, the same thing with the gentleman that I was dating would grab my thigh and squeeze. Mm. And then I got the same bruising in the same exact spot. I'm like, please just don't, <laughs> just stop, don't touch
0: me. squeezing me.
1: <laughs> don't touch me.
0: That's funny. The, uh... I think that um, it, is when, it is interesting when you, especially like at work, you know, we talk and we talk and we share the same story and the same story over and over. And then by the time you get off work, I don't feel like talking. Of course not. So sometimes, you know, Christine will be, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to talk. I just want to sit here.
1: No matter how many times I try to express that same exact I was like, I just need 20 minutes when you first walk in the door. Or it, to each and every other person, no matter how many times, they never got it. And they always were like, what's wrong? What are you angry about? And then you're like, I don't need to explain anything. I just need to not talk for a second. And let me put on the soft socks. Yeah. <laughs> let me
0: get my PJs on and just <laughs> chill out for a second. Just let me get the hair out of my shirt. and." Uh...
1: So we lied to our significant others, uh, Jessica Huss, Melissa and I. And we said that we got off at different times on a Wednesday night, and we would go over to fish on and just have a glass of wine and sometimes fish tacos and just have that moment mm-hmm. before we went home because we needed the wine down. And we Did got you
0: need the wine down or the wine?
1: The wine and the <laughs> wine down. And um, we got busted one time by someone, and they were like, I thought you got off at this time. And then that turned into... A later dinner date, it came up, and then all of our significant others knew about it. And then in my relationship, it was like, well, you have time to talk to them, but you can't talk to me. <laughs>
0: so, That's a good point.
1: And I was like, it's different. They understand. And they're like, you talk to them all day long. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know? So
0: maybe, maybe, well, I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know this guy, but maybe it's not the right guy.
1: Yeah, well, or maybe just, uh, I mean, there's so many good things qualities about him. He's just genuinely a nice guy, but maybe I don't I'm just know. not for him.
0: I've been been—I've um, been in several relationships. Christine, um, her and I are really, this is really the first relationship I've ever been in that is very um, you know, we talk about everything. We do everything together, and I'm okay with it, whereas before I'd be like, oh, God, let me just go to Lowe's by myself. Now I'm like, you, you know, let's go to Lowe's. Like, we really... But that's because we get along like that.
1: Yeah. And all of my relationships, they were all that we do everything together. Mm-hmm. Everything together, start to finish. And, you know.
0: But I don't mean that in a way like, oh, everything together. Uh, just like, well, but no, we, we just enjoy like, doing everything right, together.
1: The mundane things. Right. You know, that's what I've always had. Um, so that's hard of when uh, Edward started to retract spending time with me. That was one of the hurts that I really felt.
0: This is the, the the current relationship. Yes, the current relationship. Yeah. You said his name. Uh-huh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It reminds me of it reminds, me of, sure of it reminds it. me of Lady Gaga and she's like Bradley <laughs> Edward. <laughs> his name's Ed. <laughs> I call him Edward. <laughs> I do. I think. <laughs> Bradley. <even> I <laughs> Did you see that
1: movie? I I haven't seen it yet, but um, I've heard tons about it. Have you seen all three of them or just the recent one?
0: Just the recent one. I might have seen... I I mean, I was alive when the one with Chris Christopherson came out. I remember it, but I didn't see it.
1: Yeah. It's on my to-do list. I know that it's out on Amazon. It is.
0: I will tell you that I think that is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh. Absolutely. And now, we just watched Forrest Gump the other night. One of the best movies One of the best movies, sure. But it's just... I just felt... Completely entertained. I, f- I was so um, happy with the movie, you know. And I think one of the sad parts, really, for me, and I'm not a movie expert. I don't know a lot about movies and stuff. I know what makes me happy and what doesn't. Um, the fact that he didn't get noticed for the director, um. I thought was a shame because he does something. And we'll have to talk about it another day. But he makes you feel like you are like when he meets her. It's so special. But you feel like that you're all meeting together at the same time, like he's meeting Lady Gaga right now and I'm watching it. (laughs) And that's but I mean, I think that's there's talent in that, you know, there's so
1: much to be said for all of it. it, it, It's
0: It's such a great to see the movie. It is good.
1: I will definitely do it. Movie topics are a major topic in my life right now because I'm having a hard time being entertained. I'm not a good sleeper. And normally I could just hit Netflix and put on, like, a show and just go through every episode, and I fall in and out of sleep during those episodes. And because I miss something, I go back, you know, watching the next night. (laughs) Constant reel. But I, it's almost like I manifested so much weird negative or things that I have fears about keep coming up in everything that I'm watching. And so I have to turn it off. And then I'm like, then searching for something else to watch. But it has been probably... I'm going to say a good, solid three years since I've been in a movie theater. I'm just not a huge go-to-the-movies person. Me neither. And, you know, then you have one demand, so what's the point?
0: Right.
1: Um, I went to the movies with my mother and a dear friend um, spontaneously. I just needed to sip out of the shop and get away from my world. And we ended up seeing The Green Book.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was excellent, and it was the first time that I was entertained and heartfelt, but out of my mind for a minute, where I, feel, I don't feel like in entertainment anymore.
0: It took you away.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I heard it's good. Like it. I yeah. heard that it's good. It, it really was. The acting was good, and I don't know why it got different reviews, poorer reviews, but I thought that they... Well, it
0: won Best Picture.
1: It did? Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> got to get Best Review of All, oh, Best I didn't Picture. Know. I
1: heard the opposite just through gossip, that it, was, it didn't no. get good reviews in the theater.
0: Um, I, thought I, don't.
1: Was, I thought it was a superb... Well I don't time. know,
0: and you know what? I watched the I watched the Oscars this year because I love um, I love Lady Gaga and I love Bradley Cooper and I love that song, so I really wanted them, I wanted to watch them perform that song, and I didn't know much about any of the other movies, um, but that movie apparently is really good. It's supposedly super fun, um, and it did win Best Picture.
1: Yeah i I, wanted, I love just for fa- for so many reasons the fashion and to see the talent get. So it, I don't Oscars, know the Oscars the Grammys whatever.
0: It takes place the what, Golden the 40s books. or something, 50s, 60s?
1: I would have to read up on the background information of it, but I'm sad that I missed the Oscars this year and I kept thinking, oh I could stream it, you know, later on down the road. I'm sure I could probably pull up the highlights or
0: It's so funny. Whatever,
1: but who has time for that? Right. <laughs> it's
0: funny too because and this is I'm like, oh, I you know, I talked to a friend of mine who's they're theater people. Right. And um, I'm like, oh, my God, I watched the Oscars. It was so good. It was the worst Oscars ever. I'm like, really? Yeah,
1: they, <laughs> just was... find cri- they find criticism. i like, what?
0: they... I mean, what was bad? I mean, the same old thing. They'd get the trophy or the award. And, was, and...
1: That was like the Super Bowl uh, halftime. Did you watch that? That
0: was terrible. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was like terrible.
1: Everybody was like, you wanted to like it. But, yeah. I, I, th- I mean. It's I weird.
0: Know. Adam Levine. I mean I don't need to see a Super Bowl where I feel bad about myself afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean literally. I mean that he, was the
1: that was entertaining but there's something about I don't mean to criticize him because I I have I have trouble speaking in front of I was spoke at my brother's wedding and that was nerve-wracking performing and all the pressure that you get for yeah. you know to do the halftime performance. But um it was sexy. I don't like his dance he doesn't have sex I don't, appeal in the He's sexy because
0: he's got a terrific body, but I don't. I don't like his tattoos. I feel like it's all just.
1: What
0: tattoos look like? Well, he didn't have a shirt on. You didn't notice that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All those brown things
0: and black (laughs) things on his body. Those are the tattoos.
1: Well, I was looking at it more of an artistic approach. of, I wonder what he does have tattoos on on him and why.
0: Yeah. Well, the big one that that says California, I thought was pretty. It lacks some originality. But it just seems like no I liked when he he did his he did the one arm he had the, I think his left arm and it had like the tiger and the snake and all this I mean it was cool all black, um, but then he's just he's just that poster boy for tattoos and
1: I don't know the, if this is true. Uh, a friend of mine told me once that he was a trust, like he grew up rich and he that did. he was like okay I wasn't sure if that was really his story. Well, all those and those that he was basically had the right parents to put him in the right place at the right time and stuff but i i mean i i think there's I think his
0: family place. was in the music business. It's like the same with Marilyn Manson. All, all, a lot of those, you know, Marilyn Manson um
1: they made him that Pauly
0: way. Paulie Shore, remember Paulie Shore? Yes. I mean all that stuff from the 80s, a lot of that, you know, i think the attorneys in LA and or uh, in the music business um there was that whole Rat Pack and their kids and, you know, and I think we're going to even see it again now. I mean, you see a lot of these parents.
1: Celebrity children all the time. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's I think, I mean, the Kardashians' daughter was just on the cover of a magazine. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, and I saw a thing of Tom Cruise's, you know, his, his um, you know, adopted children. Tom Cruise, one of his kids was African-American and they had a picture of him. He's an adult <laughs> and he's like <laughs> a six, five That's giant. That's Smith's I,
1: children. I just happened to see that. Yeah. Ago. Yeah.
0: I love Will Smith, too.
1: I think he's a really good
0: there's a if you're, watch, if you're watching Netflix, there's a, a thing on there called One Strange Rock. Okay. And it's basically about the building of this, our world, you know, 4.6 billion years ago when the, the world was created. Huh. And, it's, and he hosts it. Or
1: I wish that I would have a pen and paper with me at all, all times to be like, these are the shows to watch because I keep getting advice since I've been, like I said, struggling with all these negative and weird odds and ends of shows and nothing is catching my attention or keeping me entertained or putting me at peace and um I'm like I'll remember that one here I'll stretch. write it like, down like, <laughs> I have a piece of
0: paper right here I'll write it down I mean look it isn't it's not a life-changing show but it's I, I thought it was really good and you know
1: well I end up it's watching informative. And you I'm watch what? Animal videos, and then I'll also watch uh, Blue Planet over and over. But I've seen them all. So
0: Blue Planet—that's really good too. And then yeah. what is it like? Africa, and you know I all these. I've seen
1: Africa, but have you done those centuries where it's like the 90s, the 2000s?
0: Um, I haven't. That's, I haven't so had, had CNN, that much trouble with sleep is... yet.
1: Oh, okay. Um, what about the theater down at? By Clear lefties? space. No, by lefties.
0: Oh, the little.
1: Have you gone there for a film? I
0: haven't. Have you? No.
1: No. I'm curious about that as well.
0: I think you have you have people like you and I who are like could take it or leave it. And yeah. then you have people that like movies that go to the to Midway. And then you have the real movie lovers and they go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just if you can't Different. get enough movie. That's then there's that place. I
1: think they have a membership too. Well, and I, someone I read just. something said, about that. Like, you I, only pay like $14 if you're a senior citizen and you can go to as many as you want.
0: Yeah, I was asking somebody, someone just was talking to me about that theater. And I said, Isn't it a membership? And she goes, I don't think so. But I do think, I think yeah, there is, is a membership
1: to it.
0: But they don't have the reclinings. I, I can't say what they have, but I, I think they have like the old school theater, you know.
1: Yeah, a board. You
0: yeah, know. and you, you also know.
1: known as where I think you get lice and at some type of the clap or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't go to the movies. You don't get
0: clap in the movies.
1: <laughs> How do you know the teenagers are making cla-
0: out? Yeah, I was going to say you might get clap if you're clapping. But,
1: <laughs> 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 but
0: I don't think you're just going to get it. I was in it.
1: Australia and we were going out and uh, I forget which area we were in, but we were going out and there was a flyer and it hung up and my friend Mike and I laughed for it and still to date still laugh about it. Couldn't get ourselves together because the band named themselves The Clap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't even know what The Clap is.
1: I don't know. Chlamydia <laughs> maybe?
0: Maybe. I'm going to change it to The Clap. <laughs> just you, up with
1: that too. <laughs> you know what we're going to call this STD. let's just go in. The
0: clap. <laughs> oh, my God, I got, <laughs> I got the shout. I got Well, luckily I... See, it's so
1: funny every yeah. time the clap. And that band, I mean, hey, you know, welcome, everybody. We are the clap. <laughs> the clap,
0: clap, clap. Were they good? We, Probably.
1: I don't know.
0: They were quick and dirty. I don't know. The clap.
1: But this is why I don't go to the theater, because there's a high chance of it.
0: Well, the last movie I went, so, and you started to probably get a little taste of this with your past relationship, but, you know, with kids, now movies that I see are the ones that the kids want to see. And luckily, I'm starting to get to, you know, with David being 13 now, they can kind of go by themselves. I mean, I'll pick them up, but, um, you know, the last movie I saw was that Bumblebee movie with, you know, it's like the, um, what are those robots... You know, Transformers. Time. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. oh, Bumblebee. Yeah, Bumblebee. He's my favorite Transformer. Yeah, he, it was a good movie. I
1: even have his mask at the shop for yeah. the kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Before the Bumblebee. Movie.
0: That's where you get yeah. lice. The cl- the Bumblebee uh, mask.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh little lice Hall is definitely a part of the bathroom routine in the lice Hall. Yeah. Well, Very so. important.
0: So that's that was the last movie I saw, and, and I wouldn't have seen it unless you know Sam asked me to to take him. So.
1: Were you entertained? Were there life lessons it was in the great. background?
0: Uh, I didn't have any life lessons, but I definitely, it was entertaining.
1: You know, like Despicable Me, there's like something to be said of all the storylines. And I did love that that they made the villain, that 80s character that was a child star. Did you see that one?
0: With the long nose?
1: Not Gru, not the...
0: Because Gru reminds me of the singer for um, Love Seed. It's the guy... (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, that's uh, also a haunting tale for my friend Melissa and I because we could never on the Wednesdays that we were going to get the glass of wine or just whatever anytime we went to go meet to eat he was always playing acoustic and um it's not music to my ears Mm. (laughs) no (laughs) well it it was always it, it was always lurking
0: and I and I and I I love that guy he's awesome and I and honestly that when I first moved to Delaware um he really ramped up my drinking, so I've always appreciated him because I got <laughs> – he, he morphed me 10 years ahead in my drinking because <laughs> the amount of drinking I did at the Rudder on that Thursday night when they used to play <laughs> on the deck. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. I had to get – I I see him sometimes. I'll say, dude, because of you I had to get sober because I drank <laughs> like a professional. <laughs> but some was, of the best times ever yeah, – I mean, I'm sure you went on – It's not like
1: that anymore. No. It's just really not, but out on the deck there and, you know – um, it was.
0: Remember back in the day on uh, those yeah, Thursday nights? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. Had the best time.
1: I was sneaking in underage, <clears throat> and I got, actually got kicked out because um, one of the people that I used to work with at arenas started managing there and saw me in there one time and was like, "Shay, I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Okay. So we're going to... So we, you know, like I said... You're, these are my first podcasts I've, do, I've been doing, so I'm still learning. But for some reason, this thing is saying, like, it's getting full. So we're going to wrap it up. But uh, maybe you'll come back again.
1: I would love to come back well, again. It was this that hard? It's not hard to me at all. It no. was, it's it just was, talking to a friend. And yeah. I'm very curious to be, become a part of your podcast world.
0: Yeah, you know what? That would be great. Can you be a, a continuing, ongoing Yes. cast member <laughs>
1: I will be a continuing ongoing cast member well, but we'll start to pick topics that we really need to touch on
0: I appreciate that and you know I always have considered you a solid person in this community and mm-hmm. I know that if I if I ever have a problem I can always call on you and I always appreciate that and I, I
1: you know what I feel the exact same way about you and thank you for being a part of my life
0: thank you and we will continue this another time okay all right bye Shay
1: bye now